Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Coming to you live from our Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM. It's time for our weekly conversation with former Mariners all-star Brett Boone. Brought to you by Venue Kings. Visit VenueKings.com for all your ticket needs. Now with Booney, here's Softy and Dick. He swings it away! Julio with an absolute nuke out to left field! He has given the Mariners an eighth inning lead on a colossal blast! 2-1. There's a drive deep down the line. Right field! Hey now! Cal Raleigh with a home run! Little insurance for the Mariners. 6-4 Seattle. All right, big thanks to Root Sports, Dave Sims, Aaron Goldsmith, Mike Blowers, Angie Mentink, Jen Mueller, Brad Adam. Uh, who am I missing here? Nicole Zalumas from back in the day. Anybody? Anybody else you want to toss in there? Big thanks to uh, everybody involved with Root Sports for allowing us the pleasure, the honor, uh, hashtag blessed, to have access to those highlights, courtesy of the great people at Root Sports. Here he is, courtesy of our pals at VenueKings.com. For all your ticket needs, it's always VenueKings.com. It's Brett Boone. Booney, how are you, pal? What's going on, Softy? Exciting one today, huh? I missed it. I was traveling. I was on the golf course. I did a recap, though, and I did see the highlights. Um, pretty cool. Pretty. Uh, that's that's nine hits. I, by the way, I've never even come close to getting nine hits in two days in a row. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Julio just did. I yeah. get jealous every time that somebody goes five for five. I said, this kid's 22. Right. I played a long time. I never got five hits in a game ever. Wow. Well, then you I know see what? people doing it. It's good to have getting hot at the right time, though. Yeah, he sure getting is hot at the right time. He sure is. He's hitting three seventy seven in the month of August, and it's not just nine hits in two games. It's nine hits in like nineteen hours because they played a night game last night and a day game today. So, uh, Brett uh, Hugh Millen's here. Uh, Dick's out for a couple of days, but let me ask you about just kind of the hey, the dynamics up, of the series against Kansas City. Because your starting okay. pitching got beat to death by the Royals this week. Uh, everybody got rung up pretty good uh, by that Royal uh, offense. But the flip side is your offense was amazing against Kansas City. So are, are you more concerned about the pitching staff or more fired up for the offense coming out of this four-game series with the Royals? Well, you know, you know I'm not concerned about this pitch and staff. I love this pitch and staff. So I'm more fired up about the offense because that's the, the one that hasn't been pulling their weight all year. It was great to see. And, you know, it was really good. They, they won some key games. Yep. I mean, you, you go into Kansas City as a Mariner team and, and expecting to go to the postseason, you expect to beat up on the Kansas City Royals. They didn't make it easy on them. Uh, they were close games. They, they were comeback games. They were one-run games. And this is right off the heels of coming off two one-run night or three two or one one-run nightmare games against Baltimore, where they got nipped. Those heartbreak games. So it was good to see them come back, win three out of four out of out of Kansas City, uh, and it put them. Oh man, they're they're half game out of the wild card, and. I would have never thought that two weeks ago that it would be this quick, but they're they're a half game out. Went on that run 
uh, then lost a couple heartbreakers, right back on it, and, and just won three in a row. So it's really good to see, especially Julio, because he's been getting a lot. There's been a lot talked about how last year, late and close, he he was money, and he had and he had really good numbers. This year, they've been getting on him a little bit. Like Julio hasn't come up big late in games. It's good to see in the last. Uh, Week he's come up pretty big late and close in the game today, putting him putting him ahead with the home run, and then Raleigh Raleigh hitting a home run on top of that. So it's really good to see. Uh, they're going to Houston, but then their 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 uh, their schedule gets a little bit easier. Go to Chicago, you go to back playing Kansas City again. So the next ten, Houston's always a challenge. Has been uh, you you see Houston, especially the last five, six, seven years on that calendar for the Mariners, they kind of been a thorn in their side. So it's going to be important to have a good se- uh, a good series coming up against Houston to, well, let's to keep this more. feel good offense going. Yes, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, uh, Booney. Let's let's touch more on on Julio because he went two and a half months where he was living in a world where was average was between two thirty five and two fifty five. He's kicked that. Uh, early in August. Now, <laughs> he, he, even though we're almost in September, he jumped his average from 261 to 269 today what, what, by yeah. going five for five, right? But, um, but, you know, he's, he's playing in the clutch. He's what have you. What do you think Booney is the answer? Why ha- has he now at this juncture just playing like the superstar that we expect to see from him? Well, and you know, a lot of things I say, you know, out of the side of my mouth with a, with a wry smile. But when I talk about Julio, and, and I, I'm I'm a guy that I always say and ask Softy about this off the air for the last few years. I'll, I'll always tell Softy, hey, I, I need to see a little bit more. Yeah. When I saw Julio come to the big leagues last year and and watch him for a full season, they signed him to that big deal, and I didn't bat an eye. And and when asked about it, because I always, hey, I want to see a little more before I give you know, certain guys this type of money. But I, all it took was me watching Julio, that skill set, and I didn't bat an eye. I said, that's what I would have done if I was management. He showed me enough. That type of player, if they can stay healthy, that's a superstar talent. It's a it's a Fernando Tatis. It's an Acuna Jr. Mm. type talent. That talent doesn't go away. And when he was struggling a little bit this early in the season and wasn't putting up those superstar numbers, I was thought in the back of my mind, you know, at the end of the year, it's the numbers are probably going to line up where you think they they're going to line up, and we have to all also remember he's a young man. I think what is he twenty two years old? Right. I mean this is this is just a baby, uh, you know, get cutting his teeth in the big leagues, and he's he's about to go his second twenty uh, twenty season and maybe a thirty thirty seasons on the horizon for him. So I, I'm I'm happy to see. Who knows why the why the early struggles were there? It could be a combination, a sign of that huge deal, uh, pressing because of the All Star festivities this year, and he really wanted to make that All Star team and be a part of the festivities. Stuff that a, a young mind and and an inexperienced mind, stuff that I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you put the weight of the world on you, and and maybe that's what he did early in the season. Hey, he got knocked down a little bit, and he's coming back, and he's getting hot at the right time. I just think this guy's a superstar talent, right? And and I think when the Mariners invested what they did in him, they knew exactly what they were getting. One of the best players in the game for the next century or next ten years. Yeah, next hundred years would be crazy. Maybe yeah. he's worth that kind of money. By the way, maybe he'll play well, de- he's decades, decades, <laughs> decades, century, same thing. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Brett Boone with us on the radio show. There were some mistakes made in this series. Julio got picked off today. Uh, Dylan Moore had a fly ball to MJ Melendez that he thought was caught. 
and it was actually dropped. Uh, Dylan Moore rounds first, thinks it's an out, and heads back to the dugout and gets called out for surrendering. So Hugh and I talked about this today that, hey, look, man, you made some mistakes, but you're lucky enough to make them in a series that you won against a bad team in Kansas City. Will they be better off? Is there a chance that they will be a crisper baseball team starting tomorrow because of the mistakes they made in this series? Yeah, and that's a, that's something where a Suarez type player, you know, that veteran type guy, like, hey, let's just have a little. We don't make those mental mistakes physically. We're going to make a ton of mistakes. We're going to chase uh, sliders in in the dirt. We're not going to get runners in from third with less than two outs. Not because we're not trying, because baseball is really hard and it happens that way. But the 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 where you'd kind of check out and and an unexcusable mistake is is not the physical. Let's get on the straight and narrow. A guy like a Suarez, uh, he's in a position where he's got to have that talk with these guys. Like, let's clean it up. Let's make it fresh. The thing that I noticed too, and and it's not fair because Crawford's been there for every down this year at shortstop. All of a sudden, he's out of the lineup, and, and we're putting some fresh blood out there that hasn't been out there all year. So uh, there were a few, a few. Uh, ground balls, a few plays that, that if Crawford's out there, you think they'd be made back. I, I believe it was in the Baltimore series. So there's things, you know, guys filling in, guys plugging holes here and there, guys coming, guys going. You know, see it with Wu. Hancock comes up. He has a great start, and then his next start, he gets beat up a little bit. That's going to happen. we got guys coming in and out. Dylan Moore hasn't played a ton. Now he's playing. So that's going to happen. But I think it's a guy, because it's not a really that big of a veteran team guy that have been there and done that. I look at T. Oscar. He's another guy that can take guys aside. Raleigh's kind of fits the mold of eventually being that being that anchor in the clubhouse, that type of guy. But he's kind of in his second year, so I, I don't really see that much coming from him. Maybe Julio. You know, he stepped up to the plate now. He is the, he's the, he's the face of this franchise. Maybe he's going to step. But at age 22, that's also a, an awful lot to ask of him. But, no, I see what you're saying. These are things that we need to realize. As big league players, I shouldn't need somebody to come up to me after I make a, a, a mistake like that. I should be able to look in the mirror right then, own it, and go, that'll never happen again. You live and you learn. You fall down. You get beat up. Uh, you learn every time, though, and you don't make the mental mistakes twice. Brett Boone with us. And, uh, uh, Booney, the first game of the Royal Series we saw – uh, brass give up uh, a save opportunity, lose the the game, and of course that raises the question: Okay, you didn't have Seawald, and 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 that and then that turns our focus yeah. again to Rojas and Canzone and what have you. Now Rojas did get the hit uh, with the Mariners down to their last strike in that ball game, but um, just what's your update as a as a Mariner fan about that trade? I hated it. I hated it. You know, it reminded me of uh, two years ago. What's what's the trade they made? Uh, with the setup, Kendall man. Graveman. Gra- Graveman was a huge part of that clubhouse. Uh, that was back when when there were a little bit different personnel, and there was a lot of blowback by by that move, uh, moving Graveman at the deadline. Uh, man, I, I didn't like that Seawald. I I kind of can put myself in in Jerry's shoes because I think I I think when he made those comments, like the moves I make at the break or or, or at the deadline will kind of dictate how I'm thinking, whether I think you're a postseason team or not. So I think J- Jerry at the deadline was thinking, I don't know this team for sure is a postseason, and I don't know for sure that they're not, but I think I'm going to make a, a trade right here for our future, and he moves Seawalt. I don't know. It's been showing up. The, the, 
those three games back to back to back nights, I'm thinking to myself, how's that Seawalt trade looking? I didn't like the trade. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I've never been a general manager, but I try to put myself into their shoes and what they're thinking at the time. I think if I was a general manager, I, I, I wouldn't give a mixed message. I'm either selling, I'm buying, or I'm stay, I'm standing pat. I'm not going to give a little sell here or a little buy here. I'm either all in, I'm not in at all, or I'm just going to stand pat. And, and to get rid of his, uh, to get rid of that that guy at the end of that bullpen, man, that's tough for a team that's going to the postseason. Now Munoz, Brash, uh, they have the stuff to to pitch at the end of the at the end of the game. But do they have that mental capacity to do it, especially when you get to the postseason? We're about to find out. But uh, we've had a couple rough patches where I'll guarantee you Jerry's sitting up at the booth thinking, man, Seawall would be nice right now bringing him into the game. Well, you got two guys. Let's face it, Booney, and Brett Boone with us, courtesy of VenueKings.com, his weekly visit. Uh, two guys in Brash and Munoz where it's been kind of a roller coaster for both of them, right? I mean, look, I'm kind of you know greedy. What I'm looking for in a closer, I want total, complete domination. I don't even want guys on base, for God's sakes, from my closer. Uh, Matt, you, you want a Bautista from the Orioles. Well, yeah, actually, I do. Uh, yeah. Andres Munoz has put a runner on base in each of his last five outings. Uh, Matt Brash has put a runner on base in five of his last seven outings. Munoz is getting rocked around a bit more than Brash has lately. But both of them have been a roller coaster. So what are you doing? Are you picking one to be your closer regardless of the hitter, or do you keep going back and forth if you're service? Brash Munoz, Brash Munoz, depending on matchups. I think that that's a that's a thing that that Scotty's going to have to make a decision on. You know, right now, obviously, he's trying to get a feel for it. Hey, somebody take the reins. Take this job. It's out there. Seawald is gone. Somebody He wants to identify as somebody being his closer, but nobody's really stepped up and kind of put a spotlight on themselves like I'm the guy. So I think it's going to be trial and error. I think he's going to, if he continues to have problems, he might try somebody else in that spot. Uh, but right now it's kind of, you know, from a stuff standpoint and from from optics and, and what that looks to us, the viewer, yeah, Munoz looks nasty. Brash, when he's got his good stuff, I mean, it's nasty, nasty. The problem with Brash is to go and like, well, and some days he's he's missing his spots by a lot, but I've never – question the stuff the stuff is definitely elite on on two different pitches the fastball and the breaking ball Munoz has got elite stuff but that doesn't always transfer to closing games consistently like you said Munoz putting a runner on that's the first sign you need to come in as a closer go strike one usually the great closers especially the one in 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 my day was what were they they weren't going to walk you that's the one thing they weren't going to do is walk Mm -hmm. you I think that's true today. The great closers today, they don't walk you. So that that's that's something Munoz has got to work on. I think it will get worked out, but I think right now Scotty Service is down there thinking, somebody take that job, and I'm just going to kind of play musical chairs until I find something that works. Booney, uh, our boy Bill Kruger had an interesting take uh, with regarding Brash, uh, and I'm curious your comment as a hitter. He says as a pitcher, that he thinks Brash's style is more conducive to the seventh and eighth inning because a good percentage of his effectiveness involves actually pitchers that are ultimately balls, right? That look like strikes and then slide out of there. Right. Uh, where, where the, and, and he speaks to what he believes is the mentality of the hitter who's more likely to chase that type of a pitch in the seventh uh, and eighth inning. But then in the ninth inning, the mentality changes for a hitter like, no, man, you got to come into the strike zone. What's your thought about Bill's take in that regard? 
Uh, I don't think so because I don't think the ninth inning is irregardless. It's not like the players, the hitters, uh, have a better approach in the ninth inning. The great hitters do. But if you're not in the great part of the order, it doesn't matter. I think if you're going to play this data, and I've always thought about this since we've done the analytics, and we said we do this here and this there. I said, well, why do you use a closer at the end of the game? Let's say in the eighth inning, the two, three, four, five holes coming up, why doesn't your closer go there if we're going to do strictly analytics? The best the best pitcher in that bullpen against the best part of the lineup. And then give your secondary, your setup guys, let them pitch to the bottom of the lineup. If you're going to do data and analytics to a T, that's what I would do. But I, I don't think I don't think the hitters, depending on the team, depending on the offense, your guy like Brash comes into the game. Whoever that hitter is on the other side chasing that slider in the seventh, eighth inning, that same guy's going to chase that slider in the ninth inning. So I don't see that having anything to do with it. I have I see what has something to do with it is the part of the lineup and the quality of the hitter in the lineup right. that's going to have that mentality. Edgar Martinez in the ninth inning, especially in his prime, he's going to be a nightmare. You don't want to face him because he's going to be selective. Why? Because he's always selective and he's a great hitter. It's not going to change from the seventh to the ninth. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brett, before you go, Brett Boone with us, courtesy of VenueKings.com. We've had this argument, I think, for decades now. Does the schedule really matter? Does strength of schedule, strength of opponent really matter? For example, the Mariners in their next 15 games have 12 games against Chicago, Kansas City, Oakland, and the Mets, who are all terrible, obviously. Three of those four teams on pace to lose 100-plus games. Um, you know, we said it before the Kansas City series. If they play seven games over the rest of the way, they win 90 games. Well, they got a chance to carve out a big chunk of that right now against the teams on their schedule before things get tough in September. So does the schedule matter? Does that kind of perk your eyes up a little bit saying, hey, here's a window to fatten up that win column against the dreck of baseball, or is that irrelevant to you? Oh, as as, as somebody... For me, watching as a fan, as an analyst, watching these guys, without a doubt, I think the strength matters. Cause it, but it's up to the individuals. It's up to the individual teams and those personalities. Not to say, look at that schedule go, hey, we got a pretty easy schedule, and take that for granted. You just saw right there those close games at Kansas City, you know, top five worst teams in baseball. Man, if, if you look at that series right there, they could have flipped that. It could have been three out of four they won. Right. And all of a sudden, the Mariners went three out of four. I think the Mariners are a vastly superior team, but it didn't matter. You can't take those teams for granted. It's not time to say, oh, we're going to Chicago. We're going back to Kansas City. We can take this lightly. Kansas City, at this point in the season, they got nothing else to play for other than to ruin your your playoff run. And I've been on teams like Kansas City where we're, we're bottom feeders and we're just having a bad year. We've been in last place, and we've been in last place for a long time. And my, my all-star game, my World Series, is knocking you out and breaking your heart when you're trying to get to the postseason. So those teams at the bottom, those Oakland A's, don't take them for granted down the stretch. Yes, if you play fundamental baseball and, 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 and play them like you're playing the Houston Astros, like you're playing the Texas Rangers, your superior roster will probably prevail in the long run. But if you go into town and take them for granted, oh, it's the A's, you know, they're going to lose 110 games. That's when you get your butt handed to you. So I think you got to be careful for that. Once again, that's the mindset. That's something that comes from the top service, setting the tone with that. Let's not take these guys lightly. we got to keep the pedal of the metal, play everybody 
like like they're the best team in the league and not take anybody for granted. If that happens, the, the superiority of of your roster will outplay an Oakland A at Kansas City Royals. I love it. Drop the hammer right now. Uh, Booney, great right. stuff. I'm We're, looking at uh, – Step on their necks. Yeah, that's right. Neck. Step on their necks and step on their you-know-what. Uh, I'm looking at the podcast. Albert Pujols on the podcast this week. Uh, great stuff, man. Check it out at the Boone 29 to find out more about what Booney's up to. Brett, you're the man, and we'll talk in a week. Appreciate it, pal. You got it, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Booney. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.